Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. But I think especially just the battle of holding on to the confidence and hope that God still has us. God's not going to let us go. God has still, no matter what our bodies look like, a good plan and future for our lives. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, in our coaching, my husband, Mark, and I help people become acquainted with their thinking. And this is because what we think determines how we feel, what we believe, and what we do. Our thinking holds a lot of power in our life. And my guest agrees. Michelle Niedert has been a counselor for over 25 years. She is the co-author of a new book titled Make Up Your Mind. I'm excited about our conversation today. Welcome back to the No More Perfect podcast, Michelle. Hi, Jill. Thanks so much for having me back. It's fun to be with you. Yeah. I think the previous episode you did with me was around the holiday season. Uh, We were kind of talking about the holidays and taking care of our own mental health during the holidays. I'll make sure and put a link to that in the show notes for anybody that um, would like to listen to that as well. But today we're talking about mental health, which is a subject you are incredibly... um, you know, familiar with as a counselor. But before we jump in there, life has been a little crazy for you, girl. Yes, it definitely has. In fact, I think it's so interesting. You know, you live what you write. And definitely I talk a lot about in this book because I don't want mindset to be too simple. And, you know, we like to just say, just believe it and it will be, or just think it and it will be. And it's harder than that. We've got body chemistry involved. We have spiritual battles involved. We have relational dynamics involved. And I've kind of gone through a season of my body not cooperating with me. I had a hip replacement at the end of last year. It's not even been a year. And I came back just barely recovered from the hip replacement from a conference with a torn meniscus muscle in my knee. And so I've really been living through managing your mindset during chronic pain. And that's no fun. I'm just going to be honest. And I think your <laughs> listeners who've been through chronic pain, I know you and I had a shoulder replacement years ago together. Yes. And it's just not fun. Just no. not fun to have surgeries and recoveries. And 
Honestly, it's probably not fun to live with us going through it either. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Well, and you know, I mean, this has been a hard year for Mark too, because he um, experienced torn retina, uh, well, a retinal detachment in the first week of March. And then two weeks later, it was a retinal tear. And then two weeks after that, it detached again. And he has had an oil bubble in his eye for about six months. He just had it, it pulled out. Um, but who we don't know what his eyesight's going to be. They said possibly for another four to six months, like his eye is going to have to heal. So by the time this is all said and done, we're talking an 18 month of not being able to see well. That is so hard. And he did, we did an episode earlier and I'll make sure and put a link to it in the show notes here too. And it was how to stay steady when life is hard. And Mark talked in that one a lot about mindset, about what he was focusing on. What of God's truth was he working through to help him to stay steady? Because boy, when things are hard, emotionally, we can get wrecked pretty easily and and then kind of lose our footing even if we're not careful. I love what you just said because I do think scripture, one of the scriptures we base this book on is be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. And you talked about that so beautifully in the introduction in Proverbs 4.23. But I do think there's a real struggle with your thinking, not only when you're experiencing these problems, but when you don't have a plan, I'm a planner, you know that. And those of us who struggle with perfection infection, like you talk about, <laughs> we want to be able to manage not only today, but we want to work months ahead. And it's very hard when you have this unknown going on. Yes. And right now I'm telling attorneys that I'm supposed to testify as a court specialist for a teenager. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be available because I don't know if I'm going to have surgery and I don't know what this is going to look like. And I'm trying to figure out how much do I schedule going out into next year? Can we beat a deductible? All those kind of things. But I think especially just the battle of holding on to the confidence and hope that God still has us. God's not going to let us go. God has still, no matter what our bodies look like, a good plan and future for our lives. I know that as I have been, it's been hard. I'm going to be honest. When I'm in pain, it's hard for me to dig in God's word. Because Mm -hmm. when I dig in God's word, that becomes like, that's a real spot for me where I'm authentic and transparent. So then I feel more pain and I think I really connect with the emotional pain of the experience. And I just want to avoid all of that when I'm in this place. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in a funk, but honestly, as crazy as this sounds, I'm a crime junkie. I would rather watch Dateline than deal (laughs) with what I'm going through. And I think a lot of people relate to this. They don't, there's a point in which you almost want to disconnect from your life when it's hard. And yes. just kind of live in the life of other people's stories or, you know, by reading books or maybe playing a video game where you're just trying to like, it's kind of fun to crush candy instead of when you can't see clients and write books and, you know, speak. And for me, feel like you're moving mountains in the kingdom of God. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we battle that darkness and that discouragement. Yes. But I will come back to this. So what's been good for me, as crazy as this sounds, is the stress of a writing deadline, because I have had to get in the word of God to write, because you can't write devotional 
without reading God's word. It starts with a scripture, you know, and I've been writing this um, devotional with Lynn Cowell that we have coming out way ahead on strong and secure for young women, for like Mm -hmm. older teens and college age girls. And just thinking about thought, the father or heart of God and the scriptures that talk about him being our healer is what I've been writing about. Mm. No matter what that looks like. And it's really been a time of me taking my mindset and reminding me that God is my healer, that he will work through the hands of these doctors, even though it's not on my time agenda. I will tell you that. Yeah. I think that's a hard part of mindset. It's releasing sometimes our time frame. And then as I was writing about today, it's a weird scripture. It's kind of hidden. It's in Joel. Um, a lot of strong Bible readers will know this. It's talking about where it talks about restoring what the locusts have taken from you. It's Joel 2.25. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Because that's you know, a, it's been a core verse for my life. Yes. Yes. So I think sometimes when we're facing a lot of loss, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've lost hours of my life recently. Yeah. When we're in that place, we're either going to get into a mindset of grief that could lead towards, de- like, not the typical depression that's going to come and go with any kind of loss, but more of a stuck chemical depression, mm-hmm. or we're going to have to work with our doctors and our friends and our church and our spiritual disciplines and everything else to fight that. Mm-hmm. trusting that yes, right now in this season of life, I'm losing things right. and I'm trusting God to restore that. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And you know, one of the things I often, cause I, I work with a lot of women who are in a crisis, particularly women who have discovered a husband's unfaithful or whatever. And oftentimes I will tell them you at some point, this will be in the rear view mirror of your life. I know, I know it doesn't feel like that right now, but it will not be for forever, regardless of how it turns out, you will get to the other side of it. But boy, when you're in the middle of it, it is so hard and it just takes up so much energy. And we do, I mean, we do understand why the Bible tells us to take our thoughts captive because man, they can take us on a ride. Yes. And I think this goes, you know, when we, I love, you know, this about me as a mental health professional, I love to take these scriptures and I love to marry them with good brain science. Yeah. Also as a brain health coach, I just think I'm so tired of hearing about mental illness. I know that sounds crazy, but um, as a mental health professional, but I feel like we're almost over-focusing on that to the point we're becoming a hopeless culture. Mm. And I think we need to focus on mental health and mental health is about restoration. It's about moving towards a better place. It's about acknowledging where we are. But I also tell people, and you've heard me probably say this before, our diagnosis is not our destiny. It's a snapshot of this one moment of time in in a professional's office. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know, just like I, when I start looking at this knee, I can start Googling all this crazy stuff and come up with this really wrong diagnosis. We can too. Mm-hmm. In mental, in the mental health area, we can Google and and not be right because it takes a professional to give us the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so, as we think about that, I think it's really important we start thinking about how do I retrain my brain? Yes. How it's it's more than just reading scripture. Sometimes it's 
like I've been thinking about this a lot. It's writing the scripture out and making it personal, putting your name in there. Yes. That's one of the things that Mark talked about in that episode too. Yes. Personalizing it. I should have listened to that one. It's also about (laughs) saying it out loud, like claiming that truth in your life. And sometimes it's about not saying a scripture, but it's taking a biblical principle from the scripture. Sometimes a lot of times with like teenagers or even younger women, like God's got me is enough. I know the scripture that's behind God's got me. It might be Jeremiah 29, 11, mm-hmm. but God's got me. Maybe what I say over and over again, just to remind me of God's presence in my life, his protection in my life, his mm. provision and his healing in my life. Yeah. And so I think it's just really important that before our feet hit the floor, like I, like I talk about in these counselors corners of this book, whether it's anger, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether you're lonely, whether you feel very helpless, that before your feet hit the floor, you don't see how you feel. You think about how you want to feel Mm. and you think about what you need to think to feel that way. Yes. And that's where you start with your brain in the morning. Mm, So you're telling, you're telling yourself what it is that you want to feel. I think you're telling yourself a thought that's going to produce a feeling. And I think the way, because I don't think you can just say, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel good. I think it's more like, and I think sometimes I'll give you one of the tools I put in the book. And we use in the office all the time. Sometimes we need some, what I call modifiers. That's what my, my daughter's a a 15 year old and I have to read her English papers and they call them modifiers. And what those are is like with God's help or even though. So maybe, cause I don't want to say this is not just positive thinking redone with a little Jesus thrown in. I don't like that idea. So it's acknowledging, even though I don't feel physically great. Yes. I can still rejoice in the Lord today. That might be it for you. It could be, even though I'm not a hundred percent, what I've been saying to myself a lot is even though I'm not a hundred percent, I'm going to add my other modifier with God's help. I can do three things today. Yes. Maybe Uh I can't do 20 like I usually do, but I can do three. Maybe it's as simple as getting my kids to school, or maybe it's as simple as praying. I prayed with a mom yesterday who wasn't even a client who just reached out to me about a difficult situation to kind of get some guidance from me as on a parent consult. Maybe I can encourage someone. Mm-hmm. I, I love this idea. And it brings me back to this funny story I heard in a sermon about a pastor preached about a 95 year old woman in a church who was bed bound, mm-hmm. but she would call the church and ask them every year to send her a list of members and their birthdays. And she literally could, she couldn't even write, but she could pick up the phone and say, hi, this is so-and-so I'm calling for you in your church, wanting to wish you a happy birthday and remind you that God celebrates you today. Oh, I love that. Don't you love that story? Because it uh, challenges me to think if she can still find purpose and meaning in her life. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of mindset is about continuing yeah. to find that purpose and meaning. Then we can too. Yeah, we sure can. And you know what it reminds me of? So I've been doing a study. uh, I've been reading Old Testament and particularly Psalms. And I've been looking at how often David in the Psalms will say, you know, this is my circumstance, but 
this mm. is my God. I, right. I all the way through, I've been circling the word, but, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, he's not denying what he's dealing with, but he's transferring his focus from what he's dealing with to his God. And I think that that's kind of what you're even talking about here is the power of the butt, you know, where we're, <laughs> that's, I know that I love sounds that. funny. That's hysterical, but I totally <laughs> love it. I'm sorry. I have a 12 year old boy in my house. That would create a giggle for sure. No doubt. <laughs> Sorry, I live with junior high boys. So yeah, I know, there's no way around it. The power of the butt. But you would totally you love that. I know. Oh my gosh. But it's so true. So true. And it's 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 really kind of pushing our thinking in a different direction. Yes. And I think to recognize that, that there is a struggle. And we start in the morning and then as I mm. talk about in this process, we need some mindset resets. And those can look very different. One of the okay, ways wait, that I what did you say it? What mindset what? resets? Okay, mindset resets. And okay. that's during your day. So let's say you start your day out and you're feeling pretty good. And then, you know, I'll just go with the mother or mother in law because that can detour a lot of people. Okay. So then you get on this phone call and you end up on a call with someone who may be in their interactions, you end up feeling like you're a little less than or a little guilty because you didn't follow through on something. And, and they may not even be trying to make you feel that way. I felt very convicted because in the midst of my pain, even though I'd sent pajamas ahead of time for my mother-in-law, I've never not called her on my on her birthday. And I missed her birthday because that was just one of my bad days. Mm. And, and, and she gives a lot of grace. But even if that person's giving you grace, you can feel bad about something you've not done. And then yeah. you have to get a mindset reset. Mm, gotcha. So that you don't let that drag you down for the rest of the day, but you remind yourself of God's grace and the grace of others. And even the bigger picture yeah. of the fact that my relationship with my mother-in-law is not based on one birthday. It's now based on, I've been married almost two decades, you know, years and years of, of interaction and everything else. So I think there's a place for a mindset reset. One of my favorite ways to do that, because we all walk through them, it's mm -hmm. from Brendan Richard, who is not uh, somebody who really speaks in the Christian community, but he talks about using doorways for mindset okay. resets. And I really like this idea of when you walk through a doorway, you can reset your mindset, especially like if you're going from your house to your car or your car to your work. You can take that moment to maybe even redefine your purpose a little bit, maybe say a scripture, have it on a sticky note. And you're, I, this is one thing I used to retrain my brain is I would put sticky notes on my um, steering wheel. Mm. So when I would drive somewhere, I would look at that scripture on the steering wheel, or I might write a message like, hey, kiddo, just remember your love today. And that would be something like God the Father would say to me because I had a mentor in my life that called me kiddo and I always felt special when he did it. Mm -hmm. So I think finding ways like that to reset your mindset during the day because it's going to be a battle. And I know there's a lot of research out there on this that says we think like 70,000 thoughts a day. My husband says he thinks 30 and I think I think 105. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> He's just, he's like, you're the, you know, you're, you're, you're above the average and I'm way below the average. And then we get the average, but that's um, hilarious. Isn't that funny? But I do think he's right. Some of us do have more going on and they are bouncing around than others, mm -hmm. but 
even though, and, and they talk about what does it take to retrain your brain? And there's a lot of research on there that says like, you know, Jill, 31 days. And now they're coming back and saying like 63 days. But do you know what I think? Right. And I think scripture backs this up. I think it's, it's going to be every day for the rest of your life. Mm. And I think we just need to sign up for that. <laughs> like, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we feel like, oh, I conquered this. And then we feel bad that we didn't, but maybe we just need to say to ourselves when it comes to this mindset, this is the daily intention, especially in the culture we're living in today Yeah, that we're going to have to keep. And here's why it's so important. I was training new counselors yesterday in our staff meeting and I asked them, okay, if you're treating, they had new clients and they haven't met them yet. So they're wondering, what am I going to do with them? Right? right. Like I know people don't understand that, but a brand new counselor is worried that they're going to get something they can't manage. And I just say to them, what is the presenting problem? And most of the time they'll say depression or anxiety or some type of trauma that's leading towards that. Yeah. And I tell them, okay, what do you know is effective for all of that? And they always say to me, cognitive behavioral therapy, Uh which is the psychological term for renewing your mind in scripture. Yep. And it's that idea of changing your thoughts or maybe even your belief system. You go deeper than that because sometimes we have to align our thoughts with God's thoughts. They're not there. Uh And then that's the first step of changing the way you feel and what you do. But you can work backwards too, you know. Right now I'm having myself do little things and that makes me feel better. And that makes me think better. Okay. So you, it doesn't just work one way. And I talk about this in the book. It can work the other way too. Let's say you just, your brain is foggy, fuzzy. You can't see. I mean, I've taught, I've had people tell me that there's Mm -hmm. like a spirit of confusion. They feel like Mm -hmm. sitting over their mind. Mm -hmm. Or I think what you talked about, you know, when I work with widows or women going through a divorce who've been betrayed, their brain, there's this darkness over them. And that's what depression's like. It creates a cloud and it's like, they can't see beyond. Yeah. And so sometimes I have to challenge them to do what they know to do, even though they don't even feel like it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think about, you were just talking about this is lifelong. So, you know, we're told that we need to renew our mind. We're told that we need to take our thoughts captive, but it doesn't say when you're going through a hard time, you need to do that. It just says to do it. It's like just a direction. And so I, I think that you're really onto something there that we need to not think that we just need to do that in hard seasons or that we're going to arrive this is going, this is a part of the human experience on this earth. Yes. And I completely agree with that. And I think if we don't do it, when things are going well, we lead to other struggles like pride. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I can get into that human mm-hmm. performance and pride thing. Yeah. And that makes me real unattractive to non-believers, I'm sure, mm-hmm. or even people in my own life. That's not healthy either. And when we talk about mental health, we're looking at a spectrum of not only when you're down, but also you can get too far. I haven't talked about this before. This is interesting. You can get too far up. You can become manic. You can become very narcissistic. And that's Mm. not aligning your thoughts with God's thoughts either. Mm -hmm. That's kind of celebrating your own self instead of Christ in you. Right. And that's going to wreak havoc in your relationships, which is going to lead to problems, which may then cause some emotional devastation in your life. 
Right, right. So we can swing either way, but in both scenarios, we need to be keeping our, taking our thoughts captive and we need to be renewing our mind. Yes. And I think that needs to be something that we think about how we're going to do that. And as I talked about, like when your brain's moving too fast or like when there's that spirit of confusion, you may have to come at this from a neurochemical stance first. And that may mean medication. Mm -hmm. That may mean supplementation. I'm a big fan. I work with Daniel Amen a lot and he has some good supplements that like ashwagandha, Mm -hmm. which helps relax our bodies. You can get that you don't have to get it from him, but he does a really good job with that. You can get teas with that in it and different things like that now. Um, and how, do then you, also, how do you spell that? Oh, I oh, I'll send you a link. Because <laughs> okay, you send me I, I a link. Barely, I can barely say it. And there's another one I'm going to even really butcher worse called L-theanine. I probably need to take a class from him on how to say the supplements. But um, <laughs> that would kind of yeah. be funny. We'll but, put those in the show notes if you'll send those okay. to me. I will. And then the other thing, so we can do medication, we can do supplementation, but we also know based on research, there are other things we can do because when our brain is in that locked state, it comes from a hypervigilant state, which a lot of people are in post COVID. Yes. And that is caused because our amygdalas are overstimulated. Okay. Can you give me for just a minute to geek out here with you on this? Because I kind of feel like I need to. Okay. Go ahead. So when our amygdala, which is the part of the brain that does fight, flight, freeze, yes, or those types of things. Yes. And there's another one I wanted to talk about. I'll think through that. When that is overstimulated, okay, then our brain won't work properly. Do you want to know a simple, easy way to fix that? Yes. Okay. This sounds too simple, but it's breathing. And it's uh-huh. not breathing like you do just to sustain your life. It's the kind of breathing us women really struggle with because we like to suck in our guts and look thinner. Yeah. It's belly breathing and it's heart breathing. Yes. Where we're, let's do it together. Just beca- and Y'all do it with us. If you're listening with us, I okay. do this when I speak. Let's take some good, deep belly breaths and reset our body chemistry right now. So we're going to breathe in and out. Okay. And if that's hard for you, that's letting you know that you need some practice at this to expand your lung and belly capacity. Because when I first started doing this, I couldn't last even that long. Yes. Cause you want your belly to go out like a balloon. You don't want your shoulders to go up. You want your belly to go out like a balloon when you In breathe fact, deeply like that. When I teach like this that. to little kids, we put a book on their bellies mm-hmm. and they lay on a couch and they move the book with yeah. their bellies. Yeah. So that's the kind of breathing we want to do. And we want to do that four or five times. And I just, let's, let's do it because we always say we don't have time for that. That's what right. women say, especially right. And your right. listeners, I'm sure are like, I don't have time to do that, but here's reality. I do this as I'm waking up in the morning before I even say my intention, especially mm-hmm. right now. Cause I'm just going to be honest. I'm in menopause. And if I have a hot flash, as I wake up, it's the best way to deal with a hot flash is some good, deep breathing. Okay. So that's, that's one time to do it. Another time you can do it is while you're sitting in the car at a red light, instead Mm -hmm. of being frustrated about the fact that you're going to have to go through this light three times in the middle of traffic, you can do some deep breathing. You Mm. can use a square to do it. And on my blog, we maybe put a link to that. I've talked about with square breathing where you're just moving Mm -hmm. in a square and you're breathing up, holding it, breathing out, holding it at each corner and breathing up and down. Mm -hmm. You can do it on your leg. And even that sometimes can be even more relaxing. 
So it's doing this deep breathing. So let's do it again. In through your nose and out through your mouth. Okay, I'm going to teach you another silly trick as we do this. Okay. I'm in Texas and we have allergies. So sometimes through the nose is not the easiest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So you can take like your second finger, your pointer finger and put it on a nostril and breathe in one side of your nose and out the other. And it will clear out some of that a little bit and make it easier to breathe. So try that. Breathe in one side of your nose and out the other. Now breathe in the side you just breathed out and out the other. It's interesting. A lot of clients I work with get better breasts that way. I don't know if you mm. did. I do. Yeah, that was good. Isn't that good? That was good. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. And, and here's what's interesting about that. With that comes bilateral stimulation of the brain because you're, and that's what we use in EMDR for trauma. We're stimulating each side of the brain. Mm -hmm. And that helps people heal because it involves both the left side of your brain, which is very logical and the right side of your brain, which is very emotional. So now mm -hmm. let's, this is what I do as a Christian counselor. Let's integrate this with scripture. Mm -hmm. So let's do the same thing. Let's breathe in and out, maybe a nostril. If you like that, if you didn't just breathe, but in it, let's breathe in God's love and out of worry mm -hmm. that we're thinking of, or maybe mm -hmm. in God's love and say a promise that we want to claim. Maybe mm -hmm. I like right now I'm praying that, you know, what the locusts are swarming around will be restored in future years. So mm -hmm. let's do that together, everybody. So we're going to breathe in one side and out the other. But as we're doing that, we're focusing on the father heart of God and his love for us or what Jesus brought in compassion for people. So let's do it again. Just focusing on that. Okay. Thanks for breathing with me. <laughs> <laughs> This is a first on my podcast, Michelle. <laughs> I love well, it though. And here's why I think it's I so important. It. We talk about this as counselors. If we won't do it in session and take that time, yeah. we're not going to train people to do it in their everyday lives. Right, right, right. And let me, let me also just kind of confirm the, the importance of this. I write about this um, in my little book, Your Next Steps, What to Do When Your Spouse is Unfaithful. I tell a story of, um, this was the week after I had discovered my husband's infidelity and my counselor gave me an assignment that I was to sit in a chair and to do nothing but breathe for 10 minutes. And I was like, you're crazy. Did you do that? Because like I tell people to start with two or three and work their way up. That would well, be a big pill to swallow. <laughs> he, he, and he told me you're going to have to work your way up. But, um, I was like, okay, this is crazy. So I did the first day was like two minutes and I was squirming. I mean, squirming. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I'm just like, this is a waste of my time. This is stupid. What good is this? You know? And then the next day though, I'm, I'm also obedient though. So the next day, I think I made it to like four minutes and then the next day was five minutes. And you know what I did on that third day? I fell, as I fell asleep in the chair. My goodness. You really relaxed. I did. And I am not a fall asleep in the chair girl. Like I'm a, you got to lay down in a bed and have the room dark girl. And I woke up with the most incredible peace that passes understanding. It made no sense because my life was a shambles, 
but it was the breathing and it was the breathing got in and the stress out and it made a huge difference. So I will, I will just confirm the importance of this. I saw it make a big difference in my life and I have used it ever since. And you'll hear buzzwords right now in the culture with this, like mindfulness and things like that as well. And that's really what this is. It's, it's bringing yourself into the presence. But I think as believers, we don't empty our minds of everything because scripture kind of warns us about that. You know, you cast everything out, some bad things can trample in faster. Yes. So what we want to do is we want to practice this idea for neurochemical resets, but we want to do them in a way that honors God, because that's what we were created to do is honor God and glorify him. And we can do that even in the midst of practicing things, which I believe with the current state of our culture, we are going to end up training children and grandchildren. This will become part of their lifestyle Mm -hmm. is to spend time regulating their minds and their bodies so that they do not become like we're seeing one in three people in this country today is struggling with a mental health issue. And we don't want that to continue. And so Mm -hmm. I really want to see some prevention and protection be put in place for all of us. And so I don't just do this. I love what you said about that as far as like, not just in hard times. See, I think the mistake is we could do this just when we're facing the hard But Mm -hmm. then when the hard comes back, it could seep in slowly, kind of trickle in on us, especially anxiety. It'll trickle back on you if you quit doing the practices that helped you manage it. Yeah. So I even joke with my clients, like if before you call me, I'm, I'm happy for you to call me. I love for people to come in and tell me what's what they've been working on and what they're struggling with again. But I tell them before you do, we make a toolbox, kind of a calm down or a toolbox of their skills, kind of like what your counselor gave you. Mm -hmm. And I encourage them to just look at it again, because 10 to one, they're probably not practicing them anymore. Right. Right. Right? That's why my physical therapist wants me. Now I'm not coming in. We have a deal. I'm not coming in three times a week, which you normally do for physical therapy. The reason you do that is most people will not do these exercises on their own. Right. So they need you to come in to do them so they can see that you're doing them. And I kind of joke with my clients. I almost wish they would cover that for counseling because I could get you doing this right on a regular basis. And then you'd build some momentum, but I have to trust you on those other six days, 23 hours a week that you're going to practice some of this. Right. And I have a deal with my physical therapist. I come once a week, but if I don't practice these skills, I'm going to have to escalate my visits. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, this is so good. Now, one of the things that you do in the book is you identify some mindsets that wreak havoc in our lives. You talk about 10 of them in the book. Can you just tell us maybe two mindsets that wreak havoc in our lives so that people are somewhat aware of those um, and, and better understand maybe, you know, maybe they don't even recognize that they have these mindsets and, 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 uh, but when somebody can like point them out, it's like, Oh, okay. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to review some of the ones I've mentioned, and then I'm going to cover two that are trickier and sneak up because we're not talking about them as much right now. I talked about the angry, anxious, depressive, 
lonely and helpless. And those I think I'm talking about because when I'm speaking at women's events, those are very requested (laughs) at this time. But here's two others that I think are really important. One is the victim mindset, which can overlap Mm -hmm. a little with the helpless mindset. And I really go over what I call the drama triangle in that because we deal with this in our counseling offices so much. And that is a lot of us have grown up in families where there was a dynamic of victim, rescuer, and perpetrator. And a lot of us, those moved around, like, I'll give you an example of a teenager I had. So, so I had a teenager who was kind of being the perpetrator to mom and mom's the victim because mom's been the victim her whole life. So this is a theme for her. So this angry teenager is victimizing mom. She's the perpetrator. Well, stepdad comes in and rescues mom. But in the midst of it, he's, he loses it with the teenager to the point he's abusive towards her. Now he's the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. She's the victim. And what happens often in those cases, there's no rescuer left. Right. And so one of the ways to get healthy is to get out of those triangles, to work mm-hmm. your way out of those. And I think one of those ways is to allow God to fully rescue you and restore mm-hmm. your identity in Christ to such a place that you do not see yourself as a victim of your life anymore. And it's tempting. I will tell you, I kind of feel like a victim of my joints right now. Right. I bet you do. They're they're not working for me. And this is a, this is hereditary in my family. I can see where it comes from. I wish I could go back and do some things differently, knowing how much, how fast it was going to hit me, Right, but I can't, I can just manage. And that's where I think we also have a mindset struggle of guilt Mm -hmm. is sometimes we have to battle that and just walk in freedom that, you know, my doctor even said, nobody gets a magic ball, Michelle. Even if you'd come in in your 40s, I couldn't have predicted for sure this would be you. We mm. never know who this is until right. you're there. And you've got the tricky knee and the messed up hips, and it's all kind of colliding at once. I am so grateful for that doctor because that gave me such a blessing of freedom. Because sometimes mm. we're like, we, in this culture of Google, I think we want to s- almost believe we're omniscient like God. And right. we can see ahead yeah, and we can't No. So sometimes we just have to realize we're doing the best we can with the humanity we have on this earth. And I think that's a mindset that brings freedom too. Yeah. So the victim mindset is one that I spent some time on. That's a little unusual. Another one is the discontented mindset, mm. because I will tell you, even in the midst of all this struggle, I can see and experience so much gratitude in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really helped me. There's a lot of research on gratitude and happiness out there and depression and even anxiety. But I thought about that even as I was struggling in my bed, like I'm grateful that my husband was home now and he was able to take the kids to school when I couldn't. Yeah. I'm grateful that I don't, you know, I was thinking about the kids and the moms in the Ukraine. I'm grateful that I don't wake every up every day worrying about my children's safety. Right. And that my kids do not live in a state of fight, flight, and freeze like the like people around the world in war-torn countries do, yeah. or where there are refugees. There's so many things, I think, that even in the midst of our hardest times, we can choose to see God's blessings, mm-hmm. and that can lift our heads, our spirits, mm-hmm. our minds, our emotions. And the research says that will actually lead to better health. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So very true. So I think practicing being content, even when you're in the midst of really hard times 
And let me say this. I'm not saying like Pollyanna, um, let's just pretend like it's all good. I think there's nothing wrong with being real and authentic and saying life is hard. Oh my goodness. I'm going to use your word here, but (laughs) yeah, there you go. There's that word from the Psalms, right? I'm coming back to this, but even as life is hard, these things are still good. True. Right. When I talk to people about this, this is the trick. You can't be like a five-year-old or a 10-year-old in my office. When I ask them what they're grateful for, they say their friends, their family, and their home. Mm-hmm. that's a practice of what I call generic gratitude. And that only will get you so far. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage people to think about what are you grateful for that occurred in the last 24 hours? Mm, yes, that's good. And you do that often and that's going to change. Mm-hmm. And that's really good for your mind too. Yes. Yes, it really is. And the, um, it really, the amount of gratitude we have, I think also corresponds to the amount of peace that we have. And, and really peace is the heart of contentment. So I think all of that, I can see how that all works together. Oh, this is such a good conversation, Michelle. Thank you. Oh, so good. Thanks for having me. I do think these, I think I want to be clear that while I think this battle of the mind, I mean, we've talked about this for decades in the church, it's real, but even if we've heard it, I've been told so often as someone who grew up in the church, it's not what I know, it's what I remember and I practice. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about counseling. It's not just teaching, which I love doing that when I speak at women's events. I like writing books because it reminds people of the things that we're talking about, but it's that it's that intention to set aside time. And I think especially women struggle with this. I think in our culture though, men do too, Mm -hmm. because here's reality. A lot of them are commuting. They're working full time. I know that, you know, it's hard for them as well to set aside time to practice things that make them healthier and especially protect their mental health. You know, we might go to the gym, but will we take time to focus on, a scripture, retraining our brain, not allowing maybe even let's say the quarterly reports and you're in sales weren't good. Mm-hmm. Not allowing that to define you, define mm-hmm. you, but to fight that battle of the mind and say, I am more than a quarterly report. Yep. And God has more purposes for me than that. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So the name of the book is make up your mind. And lock your thoughts, transform your life. Love it. And where can people find you online? Michelle, where do you hang out? I would love for people to find me on Instagram right now. I'm at Michelle Nieder because I am almost to this 10,000 mark, which is so silly. But for those of you who don't know much about riders, it makes a huge difference if you get there. It like propels you forward. So um, I, that would be a great place to find me. And I'm really trying to put out content there that is from this book quotes from the book. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a place right now where you're like, I don't have time to read a book, check my Instagram a couple times a week, and you'll see some good, strong quotes there. Yeah. You can also find me at your mental health coach.com. Uh, there's a lot of information there. There's some free chapters of this book. There's free mm-hmm. chapters of other books that I've written, and there's announcements about more that are to come. I love it. And would you be willing to um, pray for those that are listening? I, you know, I have realized just the value of this. And if you're struggling today and you don't know how to manage your mindset, 
call somebody and ask them to pray for you Mm, or listen, or maybe read one of Jill's prayers on her Instagram. I love that on your Instagram, Jill, that you pray for people and you can read a prayer there, but sometimes just having somebody pray for us will reset our mindsets as well, because they will remind us of God's truth and they will help us break through that confusion. So I would love to do that for your listeners right now. Yes. Father, the battle of the mind is so hard. Sometimes we have kids and grandkids who are struggling and we're worried about them. Yeah. And sometimes we feel like we didn't do enough God. And we have situations in our own lives where we're dealing with our pain or the pain of someone else Yes, and we're caring for them, Lord. And, and it's, it's weary. It creates a weariness that is hard. Mm-hmm. But your word encourages us to not grow weary in doing good. Yes. Father, to remember just like in the Psalms, you promise to be the lifter of our heads. So Lord, mm-hmm. I pray for anyone who's listening now who has struggled with me with even like, why am I getting out of bed? I can barely do anything today. And just reminding them that you still have a plan and a purpose for their lives. Yes. Help them to work on intentionally resetting their brain yeah. regularly throughout their day because they are going to have to combat. Lord, we are going to have to combat those 70,000 plus thoughts, plus or minus thoughts. Lord. Mm-hmm. And Lord, help us to be wise in our decisions and make them that draw us closer to you. Mm-hmm. God, I thank you that we don't have to live under guilt or shame from where we were even last month. Maybe like me, it wasn't a very productive month and we struggled with that discouragement. But Lord, that every day is a fresh day from you for us. Yes. Lord, help us to claim that. Mm -hmm. Help us to walk in that. And Lord, if we need it, help us to get help from others to help us get there. In Jesus' Mm -hmm. name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.